Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today's Monday, February 8th. We've got the set schedule now. We're going to be recording every Monday or Tuesday and releasing it on Wednesday morning, so overnight Tuesday. So you'll be getting this podcast every Wednesday, every week. We're going to try and get a pretty good format going. But, boys, big news on the PGA Tour. Brooks Kepka, PGA Tour winner for the first time in a long time. Dude, how impressive yeah, was man. Wedge on 17? Crazy. I mean, Absolutely crazy. I, I was sitting there, like, watching it, and I was like, if someone gets to 19 under, they're probably going to win this thing. But I felt like, I felt like a lot of guys were going to – like, two, maybe three guys were going to get to 18 under and go into a playoff. But – I, that was it was literally like moments before Brooks chipped in and that was not an easy chip. Like I no. was like like uh he might not get this up and down even. Yeah, well, it was crazy too. I tweeted it as how like it seemed like everyone was trying to lose the golf tournament. Like James Hahn had it in his back pocket and then like drove two in the water. I mean, Speed didn't have the greatest of rounds or putting it lightly, he didn't play well at all. And Xander you expect Xander to at least go three or four under to go even par. Yeah. He was driving the ball exceptionally all week, and then the driver slash tee ball betrayed him Sunday afternoon. Um, he was able to get par on, what was that, 14, where he went to the cactus and right, yep. made an incredible, incredible up and down, I think, right? But he ended up converting that, I think. And then, of course, on on 15, yeah. Or 17, sorry. 17, where the the three wood betrayed him and went to the water and kind of of ruined it for him. He had to get up and down from from way back. At least, like, if he hit would have hit driver like Spieth and been in the water up by Spieth, that was way easier up and down than where he was at. That that was disappointing, honestly. His pitch didn't even make it up onto that top tier, not even close. It looked like – honestly, it looked like he got nervous and he, like, chunked it maybe or something. Yeah, I mean, there's always a time and a place for a good shot. That one on 17, that thing came off and it was left of left already. Yeah, it was crazy. I don't know. It was funny hearing the commentators. At one point, I'm just watching the coverage, and they're like, oh, by the way, Steve Stricker, here he is. He actually still has a chance to win. Steve Stricker, dude, of all people. Yeah. But, yeah, Yeah. Brooks Brooks Everyone everyone had a chance until Brooks chipped in. Then it was like, ugh, Scheffler and Xander were going to 15, and they both hit great drives, so they could have – eagled um but they didn't convert their eagle yeah they both they both birdied um 15 xander made a birdie on 16 um and then yeah fell apart on 17 and he (laughs) that was an incredible shot i thought great effort on 18 where he had to dunk he had to pull out and he just lighted it right over the pin yeah i saw that it just didn't have spin. If it had spin, it was going in for sure. Yeah. But 
crazy. You could tell it was going to be good because he's doing the the eyes up and down. And whenever you see those eyes fly up to the ball and go down to the pin back and forth like that, you know they got it right on line. Yeah. What about uh, what about Spieth? I mean, I know he struggled yesterday, but is that something that he's going to maybe start playing a little better and making a comeback? Who knows? Yeah, I think I think it's huge for Spieth. I think, like, obviously he wanted to go and win, but this is the next best thing. He knows he could compete with these guys. I would say Saturday, though, he had, like, the greatest luck ever to go 10 under. Like, he had three, like, bombs for birdie and, like, a couple great breaks, but he still played well. And, right. uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's what he's doing when he's playing good that's what he's doing he's making yeah. amazing putts he's getting exactly. out of trouble and yeah what i mean zach you're more of you're probably one of the more daily fantasy type guys out of the three of us i feel like speed is such a scary daily fantasy no guy he could either boom or bust. no one plays speed i gotta be honest i played brooks this week still didn't make money and he was eight percent owned wow don't know how I play him every week because I'm like, people are very down on Brooks. So I view Brooks and Spieth very different. Spieth, I thought, had lost it. And, like, hopefully he gets it back. And still, this doesn't necessarily convince me he has. But Brooks, he played well at the Farmers his second round. Like, he went three under. He was three under through, like, six holes and then sort of blew up. But, like, you see spurts with Brooks. So, like, he's great and he either loses focus or he's injured or just doesn't care when it's not a major. But, like, I'm like, he has it. And he clearly showed that. So now I think, like, everyone's going to jump on Brooks. And... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see him start playing well again. But, uh, I mean, I don't think one event says it all, you know. Um, everyone thought Tiger was back when he won the Masters, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, but uh, I think I think he has the capability to be back for sure. Yeah, just a crazy tournament just seeing those guys back. But. I do think one of the biggest stories is Xander just not being able to close. Like, people talk about Finau. This one was worse than anything Finau's done. Finau, I feel like, has always played well on the fourth round. Just someone shoots, like, 10 under. Yeah, but yeah Xander. Other... What did he – he started 18 under for the round? Yeah. As he, if he goes two under, he birdies two of the par fives, pars 17, pars one of the other par fives, he wins this tournament. He must be actually. Yeah, I mean, him and Spieth were him and Spieth were in the driver's seat. I mean, they just did not couldn't couldn't get it done. I mean, that that really is what it was going down to. And I saw like Xander since his last win, he's had like nine runners up or something like that. So playing really great, but just one guy's beating him. Crazy. I'm sure he's gonna start winning, but. I don't know. It's, it's tough to see. I sort of did want to see Xander win because he's arguably been, been the second best player behind DJ for the last year or so. So consistent over and over and over and over and over. There was the craziest stat in him where it was outside of the Farmers, which he had missed the cut, like going into the Farmers two weeks ago, he had been 25 for 26 at coming top 25. His only mistake really? that the farmers were clearly it had to do with the nerves and being at home. That's like crazy. That's pretty insane yeah. when you think about it. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, crazy consistent. I mean, I mean, even getting second is like almost like winning. You know, it's like so rare to win, and getting second is like almost just as rare. The fact that he's like done it 
that many times over the past two years or so. Um, it's pretty remarkable in itself. Um, but yeah, the guy who uh, guy who really is just on cruise control is Dustin Johnson. Yeah. No kid. I mean, he's kind of calling his shots when he wants to hit it. Winning again, yeah, I mean, I think in the last three years now, he's gone first, second, first in that Saudi Arabia tournament, too. And it's just, like, it's unreal how good he's playing, and people, like, really don't still – I mean, everyone's like, wow, Dustin Johnson's so dang good. But it's not like – people aren't freaking out about it. There was something yeah. crazy about, like, I don't think – I think he had, like, a ton of three putts in round four and still won the tournament. Like, he was just playing so well. Really? So far up you know, above. But. And Nolan, you may know this, uh, Mr. Tiger, uh, but there's some – it always pops up on, on uh, Instagram or whatever. It says Dustin Johnson, if he, he needs to consecutively be – number one for X amount of weeks to tie Tiger. And it was some crazy number. I don't remember what it was. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I, I'm, I've seen it before. Um, like, I think it's still it like the 2038 like, PGA Championship or something. Or the yeah, 2028 PGA Championship, something like that. That, that was the Rory consecutive cut. Rory has like the most consecutive, consecutive cuts made on tour right now. And it was like, yeah, he had to make every cut till the twenty twenty eight players to tie Tiger's record. It's crazy, man. To actually, think about that. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, this week we get to uh, we talked about a tournament uh, a couple weeks ago that had the pro am, and we didn't have to see it. Same thing this week. We got the AT and T Pebble Beach pro am. Uh, Reed, I think you've played at this event. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. I think they've uh, shrunk it to two courses this year, though, because there's no amateurs. And I believe it's uh, Pebble and um, yeah, you're right. Uh Yeah, Monterey Shore got kicked off. Monterey Peninsula. Monterey Peninsula got kicked I'll off. I'll tell you what, though. That golf course was so beautiful. It went right down by the water. It was gorgeous. What's your um, analysis? Well, I mean, Pebble, when they play it for the AT&T, is never like Pebble is for a major. Um, Pebble, when it's not prepared for a major, is still it's tough in areas, and there's some tough golf shots, but it's scorable. Um, I would say Spyglass. They always have. They always, always have their small greens, right? I mean, right. Yeah, you, you got to be hitting it well. But if you're hitting it well, it's a golf course, so you can score on pretty well. Um, but I think Spyglass is by far the tougher golf course. I think the scoring at the end of the four rounds would be a lot um, – I don't want to say it lower as, as far as closer to even par. Um, if they played Spyglass uh, for three rounds and then played one at Pebble, but, I mean, Pebble's Pebble, so they're always going to play three rounds there or two rounds, you know, if you're playing the regular format. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a golf course that uh, – uh, a non-big name to win at, for sure. Yeah, and uh, 
So, yeah, no Pro-Am. Do you think that'll positively affect these players, maybe? Less things to worry about? Yeah, man. Some of those rounds are so long when they're playing. I mean, we were sitting on T on 18 last year. I want to, I can't remember if it was the practice round or the, or the regular round at Pebble, but it, then we were on the 18th T for like 20 minutes just waiting. Um, so, yeah, the pace of play should be a lot better. Um, you may see some, you know, pretty low numbers. So if you can get it going out there, you can score. But um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, well, one interesting tidbit. You're going to be impressed with this, this weatherman work I've done. It's supposed to be, like, terrible weather all week. It apparently will not rise beyond 57 degrees Fahrenheit, which in comparison, it was 78 degrees Fahrenheit in Saudi Arabia last week where DJ won. It's also supposed to rain almost the entire week. So they are in for some bad weather, and we ain't going to see no 400-yard drives. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cold. And that, that, that marine air out there is pretty damn cold. Yeah. Well, Nolan, let's, let's give a couple picks here before we go to uh, the second half. Oh, I think Nolan may have frozen out. So, Reed, I'll give you – you give some thoughts on who you like. Uh, pick for this week, um, you know, I'd be honest, I haven't looked at the field, but just thinking of people who uh, would be playing this event that I would like. Uh, is Ben on playing? Uh, these are questions it, I don't have the answer to right now. And if Ben on is playing, you're, you're going to want a guy who flies the golf ball a little further because it's not going to get a little I don't, I don't see. I don't see Ben on. Does putting not matter at this yeah. event, Reed? It does. I mean, it does. But like, count it. It does, but, I mean, you're not going to be getting hardly any roll, especially if it's cold and raining. So that extra 20 yards in the air could be, could be a big deal. Um, big ball hitter. I don't know. Get back to me. I'll go last. Let me look at the field. Okay, Nolan, we'll go to you. Yeah, well, first of all, not the program, but – Wanted to give a quick shout out to our friends at Flagbag Golf, um, Portland-based company. They they make these sweet custom flags. Um, sorry, custom bags, golf bags out of flags. Um, and there, that is one of the uh, tournament gifts this this week is um, some custom flag bag merchandise. So shout out to them getting in that. I know it's a big week for the, those guys. Um, while we're at it, I mean, if I was playing a pro-am in a, in a golf tournament like Pebble Beach, I would want some sticks golf in my bag. I would. Put some sticks golf in my flag bag, and I'm going to play really well. So check out Sticks Golf, guys. Um, our great partners over there. They make sweet matte black finished golf clubs. Um, use our promo code stadium 99 You'll get a nice discount, but they're – a great set of clubs. I did a um, did a little review on them myself, and it is unreal how well they perform next to my set of TaylorMades. Even at the price point you're getting them at, it, it's a bargain. So check them out, Sticks Golf, Sticks Dot Golf, and follow them at Sticks Golf Gear. Anyway, getting back to my pick, um, I think Reed is very onto something with um, a long ball hitter. Um, especially in that cold weather, you got to carry it further. Um, I know there's a lot of guys on who are playing this week that have 
played well there before. Um, it's it's interesting to look at Phil Mickelson popping up again. And of course, he hits those hellacious seeds and those those bombs um, and likes Pebble Beach. But I'm going to go with Patrick Cantley this week. I like that pick. Any, any reasoning behind Cantley? I was actually just looking at the field. I was thinking about uh, taking him. Um, it's a good thing I did. I think he plays well. I think he plays well there. I think he's had a couple starts there in the past. And, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, sure. I could, I could be totally wrong. He's a, he's a California boy. I wouldn't be surprised if he's played well there. Um, I'm going to take kind of a guy from left field, uh, a guy that's young, has played well uh, recently, had a good run last week, uh, second year on the PGA Tour, coming from the Corn Ferry, and that's Matt Naismith. I think this kid has a bright future. Um, he may not win this week, although I'm taking him because I think this uh, setup fits his game very well. He's a big ball hitter, flies it a long way. Um, I think he has some serious potential, so maybe this is the week. I like that. We saw he was playing well Nate Smith last week. He was in the lead. Him and Hubbard were tied for the lead after round one. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, – my pick, you know me. I'm not usually a pick-the-top-guy-in-the-field person. Usually I go way off the board. This week I'm so confident in Dustin Johnson that I have to take wow. the sucker move and just take him. He is playing so well. He comes first or second every single week. He's like 4-1 to one odds, isn't he? Yeah. I've, I've never seen 4-1 like odds. It's like the highest, it's the highest odds since Tiger. Yeah, for sure. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. He's... He's like 90% to come first or second. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you actually think about it, that's fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. He might be even odds to come top three, which is crazy to think. Hey, Zach, you know what you might see this week in Pebble Beach? What? Around Pebble? Come on, you know what it is. One of those sleek, custom, design-looking cars. They oh. come from Ohio. Well, fun fact about one of those, I saw one driving around Toronto the other day. Shelby, Formacar? Chris Aurelia, though. Oh, yeah. The, the Formacar, he, uh, he's out in uh, Columbus, Ohio. He actually, uh, he's actually been putting out some uh, pretty cool ones recently. Check them out, formacars.com. I got to say, even for people who have no intention of buying one, because I assume they're pretty pricey, check out this website because they are very cool cars. Maybe it'll they're all done with like a, They're all done with like a laser technology. So like the laser technology cuts the doors and cuts all the parts. And they're all replicas of like the old Cobras or Mustangs or whatever, what have you. Yeah, it's like a kid's dream, basically. Exactly. So our picks we got. If, uh, if you want to get back to DJ real quick, um, Reed was asking me about the Tiger Woods 683 weeks at world number one. Uh, DJ's at 114, so <laughs> he only needs like 570 more weeks at world number one. Yeah, that's that's like 11 years. It's crazy. <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> but uh, with that, so those are our picks. Reed's got Naismith. I don't know how I feel about that. I I don't mind like a top 20 there, but winning, eh? He's not beating DJ. I think I think you're gonna get great odds if, if you're if you're laying money on him. I think you need great odds on him. Uh, I don't know exactly what his odds would be, but I think bang for your buck. I think that's a, yeah, uh, I assume a pretty it's good pick. Like 
250 to one, maybe something like that. I don't know. Maybe not that high with him playing well recently. Yeah. I love these, like on these guys, like top tens, just with such big, good fields. It's like, you got to play so out of your mind. It's true. Anyone could beat anyone any week. Right. And we see it. Like you talk like, oh, they can't win. But like KH Lee was one shot behind Brooks this week. Yeah, KH Lee. I mean, that was kind of interesting to see. He kind of came out of nowhere. Just bought an apartment in Florida. That's what they said on the broadcast. I thought it was a nice (laughs) location. (laughs) But uh, yeah, crazy week. Well, we're on to our favorite segment. We're starting to do this thing. I'm really enjoying it. I don't know about you guys, but we're drafting different topics. We sent out a tweet the morning of the podcast to get your guys' opinions, and we're going to talk about it. But this week, we're going to be drafting our most unlikely major winners. The order is going to go Nolan, then Reed, then myself. Nolan hasn't picked first, so I hope you've been saving up a good one. But Nolan, let's hear your reasoning. Hey, just to clarify real quick for the listeners, we're going people that have won a major that kind of basically came from left field that you think are no-namers or people who, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are, were crazy if they actually won. Yes. Yeah. I did a little bit of research on this one. Um, not this pick, for instance, but this topic because I, I don't know, thought it was very interesting. I wanted to see, you know, what else – was out there besides what was just coming to my mind. But this one instantly comes to my mind every single time you think of an underdog. Every time you think of a guy who the odds are against them, Francis Rumet comes to mind. The 1913 U.S. Open, the amateur be- beating, um, you know, the the huge favorites in Harry Varden and Ted Ray. And they went to a playoff and they made a dang movie about it. So it has to have been like one of the best um, underdog stories that is out there. Um, so yeah, Francis Rumet gets my number one pick. I got to ask, did you go into like mama's treasure chest for that one? Cause that's some old ass tournament. No, I love that. I love that movie that they, the, movie. Yeah. the greatest game <laughs> ever played. <laughs> and so, I mean, ever since I watched that, I didn't, I didn't know about it until I watched that movie. I'm not going to lie, but Ever since I did, I'll never forget it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I've never seen that movie all the way through, but uh, I do know a little bit about that, and uh, that is pretty crazy. I mean, how many amateurs have ever won a, a major? Not very many. Maybe, I, maybe two, two I would uh, go on record by saying he's the only one, but I, I could be wrong. I bet you there's one more somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah Francis from that, man. If you guys want to give your favorite uh, fan picks as well from Twitter. Oh, yeah. Dude, before I give my pick, I'll, I, I was kind of going reading through this guy. I was kind of reading through the responses. So if you guys looked on Twitter, uh, Zach put out a question asking this question here now that we're kind of going over. And Thomas Tracker, at Tommy underscore Tracker, you are an idiot. I got to say, you are an absolute <laughs> idiot. You said Zach Johnson and Lucas Glover. I did some research just for you. So if you're listening, hopefully you're listening. So you can uh, kind of understand why I say that. Zach Johnson has 12 wins on the PGA Tour. That's including two major championships, the 07 Masters and the 15 British Open. The guy's 13th in all-time money and made $46 million. How is that guy an unlikely major winner? 
Okay, and then the other guy, Lucas Glover, that you said. Okay, a little, a little maybe less of stature, but you're still an idiot. The guy's made $24.5 million, he's won three times in the PGA Tour, he's won one, uh, one European event, and he's also won the Corn Ferry event, and he won the 2000, uh, let's see, 2009 U.S. Open. Twenty-four and a half million dollars. You guys, you're gonna say the guys and uh, under, you know, a guy that's long shot and a long odds. I mean, that's great. I mean, Tommy, Lee's Tommy, Tracker, about that. Yeah, Tommy Tracker, you, you come on, man. Don't don't speak to me. Don't speak from your heart. Use your brain. But uh, I'm gonna take uh, Sean McKeel at the 2003 PGA Championship. I, uh, I like that one. I think uh, I think you know. There's some other ones that kind of boggle people's minds but i think that one kind of came out of left field um, that was that was at like oak hill yeah right or, yeah and uh yeah. while sean ended up playing for a little while and having a decent career like that that was kind of came out of left field nowhere uh yeah i'm looking it up that was his only ever pj tour title so <laughs> Someone said that, too, on Twitter. We had uh, Nick Spurs82. He agrees with you. But uh, my pick, it's sort of the most shocking one I remember. Actually, I'm trying to decide if I should save one or use one. So I'll go with Y <laughs> Yang, the 2009 PGA Championship, just because no one thought he was going to beat Tiger. Like, yeah, I mean, not necessarily that he wasn't that was one of the player. Yeah, Tiger. When you tee it up with Tiger on Sunday, and especially a guy of that hasn't had any, or I shouldn't say any, but very little experience like that, you don't think why Yang is going to take Tiger down. No, exactly. You're done before you even started. Right. It's a a six shot when you tee it up. Yeah, and and Tiger had a two shot lead going into Sunday. He had never. Lost the majors 14 and 0 and leading going into a Sunday, blah blah blah. I mean, why Yang played great, he shot like uh five under or something on Sunday, and that course wasn't playing playing easy by any means. Um, yeah, I hate reliving that one though, so you can piss off back. <laughs> no one, what's your second pick? Uh, a second one, I have a hard time choosing on this one. There, there's a there's a lot of good ones, and I think I'm gonna go with one that I didn't see anyone on the on Twitter mention, and probably for good reason. It's from a while ago, and came from a guy that no one's ever heard of. Um, and again, it's the U.S. Open, and I think there's a theme with the U.S. Opens that, like, a lot of nobodies can win a U.S. Open. I feel like that's a fairly consistent theme. But I am going with Orville Moody, who won the 1969 U.S. Open. Um, and the reason I'm going with this one is because this guy served for 14 years in the Army before making it onto the PGA Tour um, just two years before his U.S. Open win. This is his um, only uh, win on a professional tour as well. Um, But the fact that this guy was, you know, two years off of 
not playing golf, you know, protecting our country for 14 years and then comes onto the PJ tour and wins the U S open a couple years later. Like that's, that's absurd to me. So my hat is off to Orville Moody. <laughs> I commend you for finding that information. That's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. That was my research pick. <laughs> what about, uh, you know, you mentioned the U S open being a tournament that, you know, a lot of nobodies win. Um, but I mean, it is a tournament that, you know, it's obviously very hard, but, but to, yeah. I mean, on the same page, right. You get like the best players are all like usually there at the top, but it's really the only major besides the British. I think, I don't even think the British has qualifying that has actual qualifying that anyone can get in. So mm-hmm. remember when Bo Hostler almost won at uh, Olympic club, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, whose pick is it? Is it mine, Zach? Your pick. It's yours. I'm going Ben Curtis in the 2003 British Open. Yeah. And I think that's one. pretty pretty explainable by its own words. Ben Curtis kind of came out of nowhere to win the 03 British. And you, meanwhile, he had a decent career. You really never heard of his name much after that. 396th in the world when he won. Exactly. Crazy. My pick, this one, I'm <laughs> shocked none of you guys picked it. I mean, this, this one's like dreams are made of. John Daly, ninth alternate <laughs> for the 91 PGA Championship. How is this not the first pick? Well, it is John Daly. I, he's John Daly. <laughs> he was John Daly after he was the ninth alternate. True. This made him John Daly. You got you a point there. He's always been John Daly. That's true. This added to the, the to the legacy of John Daly. Just a crazy win. Final round seventy one. What was it? It was the ninety one PGA Championship. What uh, what year do we think uh, little John Junior is going to win the uh, PGA Championship, holding a stogie in his hand on the eighteenth hole? Twenty forty one, exactly fifty years after. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wholesome? Could could happen. All right, Nolan. Could be it. What about you? What about me? Um, let's see here. If you take my pick, I will kill you. <laughs> well, I, being the Tiger Woods guy. Um, yeah, take Tiger. <laughs> see, I was debating this. We we can get into this. I was debating this. Like that. Tiger 2001. We'll get into it during my stat of the stat of the week for Tiger um, because I made it relate to kind of this kind of draft we're doing here. But anyway, I'll get to my actual pick. And what I was saying was I respect guys who can beat Tiger Woods. And um, Michael Campbell did that in the 2005 U.S. Open at Pinehurst which is awesome. He was also um, a sectional qualifier. You know, he made it through sectional qualifiers to get into the U.S. Open. So also a crazy feat. Um, There was – Tiger wasn't, like, winning this um, to start Sunday. Tiger actually played pretty 
good on Sunday, if I remember. I think he was like one of the few guys who actually shot under par. Um, but Michael Campbell was just ahead of Tiger, and he uh, he also shot a 69 on Sunday. So he was able to basically hold off Tiger as they both kind of charged up the leaderboard. And the I remember the whoever was winning, I'll have to figure out who that was. I think it was like Rakeith Goosen and someone else, but they shot like 80 or something on Sunday. Um, so just below it. But yeah, Michael Campbell, um, this was also his um, – his only PGA Tour win. So, never won again, but won the U.S. Open. Hold on. I think Reed went to the washroom, maybe, mid-podcast. No, no, no. Just just <laughs> bedside. All right, Reed. You're the last chance to ruin my, to ruin my great pick. Oh, I'm up again, huh? All right. Uh, it's your final pick, so think wisely. Yep. I, uh... This one's kind of touchy because I think he was kind of decent at one time. But looking back, you're like, where did that guy ever go? Uh, and that is Trevor Immelman of 2008 Masters. That's true. I, mean, I love Trevor Immelman's his swing. I love his swing. Oh, my God. How good was it? But, like, I think he got injured, right? Am I, am I right? Am I right? So I think he got injured. We were kind of diminished, but. I think he won that and like you really didn't hear from much about, you know, about him after that. And I think it was, that's just kind of why to me, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it was a crazy long shot to win it, but you know, it's not someone you're really going to ever pick, I would say. And then, you know, the way he kind of disappeared, I don't know if it was right after this, but it's pretty close. True. It's a good pick. Well, this means I get my pick. I don't know if you guys could guess it. I mean, you really should be. I'm pretty predictable when it comes to these things. But you're telling me that in the 2003 Masters, you thought Mike Weir was going to win it? Right. <laughs> Come on. I, I, saved, yeah. I, I saved it for the Canadian to take him. Oh, thank you. That's an honor. 2003 Masters, though, everyone knows it. Mike Weir, the lefty. First lefty to ever win the Masters. First Canadian. That's the most shocking that he's the first lefty to ever win it. And then, like, after a couple of yeah. But I feel like lefties right. are becoming popular. Has it? I'm not an expert in that, but maybe you're right. I feel like there's more and more lefties playing golf. You might be right because there's a lot more lefties. Mike Weir. Golf, you know? Yeah, I'll start with the Canadian Mike Weir. Your fellow Mike Weir and sure. maybe failed it. <laughs> Thank him. Well, let's go over a couple of the best uh, fan ones and see your thoughts. Well, there was Rich Beam. Uh, John Daly, someone mentioned uh, Ricky at the players, end of list <laughs> with how he's playing now not a major uh, yeah, Lucas Glover, Zach Johnson we don't want to bring that PTSD back to Reed I uh, mean like, I, like, I think I might, he, he's probably the nicest guy in the world and I, I would probably get along with him just great but like those, those two names coming out of that mic, what, what, what are you thinking? He's passionate <laughs> Todd Hamilton Great. Well, I, had, I had him listed. Lee Jansen, Corey Pavin, Paul Lowry. Corey uh, Pavin? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, that's not you – know, Corey Pavin's great. That's basically all we got. So everyone seems to be around the no same one really, guys and the ones we said a couple the, people I mentioned. 
I didn't see anyone say Larry Mize, who no, um, he ended up only winning like four times on tour, also. But his the Masters that he won, he was like in a playoff with Greg Norman and Sebi, and it was like, who the heck is this Larry Mize guy? Like he's not gonna win, but Greg or Sebi are probably gonna win. And he ended up having that chip in. Um, that's that like famous clip they always show him in that purple shirt yeah. or whatever but you know, no i'll give you a pass for mike weir because you're canadian zach but mike weir had a great career yeah um, about great some might say he's in the hall of fame oh mike weir's not in the hall of fame i would i, mean, I would agree uh, with no one here i guess he won he won I eight times on the pga tour he probably is and the fact that he's the can like he's like that's a Canadian what I mean. He's American, guy. though. He's not, but if he, because he's Canadian, he probably is deserving because he like did grow the game a ton in Canada. Yeah. But if he's American, Mike Weir is he in the Hall of Fame then? No, that's a that's a very good question. Yeah, it's close though. He has eight PGA Tour wins. Usually they say you need ten. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, uh, any parting thoughts here? I do have. Um, my- did you guys watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, of course, the Super Bowl. That was crazy. Uh, very boring game. I know we spoke about it a little before. Yeah, I, thought, I thought the Chiefs would win, but Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things just like is he the greatest of any sport? Uh, I still think Gretzky, but I think maybe too. Hey, maybe a tease for next. Next week, maybe we draft goats. Draft goats, I'm in. You got Tom Brady, you got Tiger, you got Gretzky, you got Messi. Yeah, Babe Ruth. MJ, Serena Williams. Yeah, Michael LeBron. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be good. Garrett Cole. Damian Lillard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but halftime show I did not like. was not a fan. Not a fan of the weekend. Canadian. I thought though. he did fine. Did you know he's Canadian? Canadian. Or, or Ontario. Yeah. I, I, would I think I learned that in some other random trivia. <laughs> <laughs> no one's just doing all sorts of trivia shows behind our back. Can you believe it, Reed? <laughs> That's why you do trivia. Well, Reed, we're waiting on it. I mean, you got to hear this one because this one's about the most boring one of the year, but it's interesting. Being in Pebble Beach... Uh, they have a lot of those Monterey, those famous Monterey pine trees. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the average lifespan of a Monterey pine? A, years, B, 70 years, C, 80 years, or D, 90 years? I hate it when you group them like this to where it's like 60. they're almost all the same to me. <laughs> yep. I'm going 60 years. Uh, I'm going to go 90 then. Well, you guys, uh, you guys had it wrapped. It was C, 80 years. But think about that, an 80-year-old tree. That's crazy. That's like the redwoods. Aren't those yeah. like 300 years old? Those are years old. Yeah. Stupid old. You guys want some uh, some Tiger Woods stat that I teach? We always want the Tiger stat. You got to leave the fans one more. Yeah. So – 
I mean, we were talking about majors. We were talking a lot about odds to win majors and guys who are um, underdogs and whatnot. I can tell you what, in every single, well, they're not definitely not every single because 2019 Masters, I don't think he was the favorite. Um, but these odds that I'm looking at for Tiger Woods when he won each of his 15 majors are absurd. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Do I want to do this as a question or just tell you guys straight up? Okay, so when, in 2019, yeah, I don't think he was a favorite. This was his worst odds in a victory at a major was 14 to 1 at the 2019 Masters. Um, the second worst was the 1997 Masters, so his first and his last, of course. Um, and that was 8 to 1. Um, when he was basically a rookie, he played like half the 96 season or whatever, maybe a full, he probably played most of the 96 season, but um, I'll go straight to it. His best odds, he had this happen twice um, in, in victories at a major. In the 2000 British Open and the 2001 Masters, he was <laughs> 1.5 to one. That's oh, crazy. Based almost even money <laughs> in the field. Eddie, money. That's <laughs> I wonder if there are any tour events. Maybe someone listening could tweet at us and let us know if he was a favorite over the field to win. Because I feel like there was. Oh, I, I guarantee it. Like yeah. some like like the Puerto Rico Open. <laughs> He's like minus three hundred or something. Yeah. <laughs> but the absolute goat. Well, boys, anything else? Nope. Thomas Tracker, just think your thoughts a little more through next time. Yeah. He'll think it out and he'll comment on the next poll and hopefully impress you more. Or you'll just get pissed every show and it'll just be great joy for me and Nolan. But with that, you listen to the From the Back These podcast and we'll be right back with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.